welcome to this Your Writing Success episode with the amazing Kelly Lane. Kelly is a professional dressage writer and trainer competing internationally for Australia. She was exposed to dressage at a young age with the influence of her mother, a former Grand Prix writer and FEI judge. Kelly has acted as a consultant finding horses for her clients in Japan since 2001, one of which went to represent Japan at the Olympics. Kelly has had many notable achievements and has had the pleasure of training with some of the world's best. We are super excited to bring you this guest with such a successful and diverse career. Welcome to the Your Writing Success podcast. My name is Natasha Altoff and I'm a Grand Prix dressage writer from Australia, author of three books and a leading online trainer of writers all around the world wanting to take their writing to the next level. I'm also a chocoholic, mother of two amazing children and obsessed with helping writers be all they can be. Each week, I'm going to be bringing you stories of inspiration, ideas and strategies of how to make real progress in your writing, and give you actionable advice on overcoming writing fear and anxiety, so you can take your writing to the next level and be the writer you dream to be. So let's get into today's episode. So um, yeah, for those of everyone who, who might not know you, what is your story? What is your, I mean, I th- I remember you, um, oh, wow. I have no idea how old I was. So let's just say we were both really young and yes. um, yeah, we well, were always young, we continue to be always young. Um, but I remember, I think you had a horse, a mouche, is that how you say it? Mouche, yes. Yeah. And I just go, Oh my God, that was an amazing horse. And I just, I just have you linked in my head. That must've been when you were in Australia and now you've gone on to do so many exciting things. So, um, tell us how it got started. He was definitely the horse that like, um, inspired me to really want to do this sport. Like when you come across a horse like that, and I wish I had another one like him to this day, you know, I think I spoiled getting a horse that good when I was so young, you know, and you think to yourself, oh, if I had it to do all over again. And, uh, but he really put me on a whole new path, that horse, uh, where I had me more. Yeah. Well, I dreamed about like having huge, huge ambitions. Um, but when you are gifted with an animal like that, it's like, here is your opportunity. This is what you've actually been working towards. And now it's landed in your lap. What are you going to do with it? So, yeah, it was, I I packed him up and I took him to Germany and I trained with Ulla Salzgeber over there. And in less than one year, she turned him into a Grand Prix horse. It was unbelievable experience for me and has absolutely set me also on another path for the rest of my life, uh, learning how to train a horse all the way through to Grand Prix, and brought him back to Australia and showed and competed in there up and down the East Coast, Sydney, Melbourne, all the CDIs for a good couple of years, and then we were selected to go to the WEG and uh, back to Europe again. <laughs> And after that, I spent another year, and let's not talk about what happened at the WAG because that was a disaster. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> that and the horse just became very overwhelmed. He was already a highly strong horse. And, mm. yeah, you know, had I to do it all over again. Again, you have so many regrets. And just to do it all again, how differently I would have done it. Um, mm. And then after that, I stayed in Germany for about another year, 
And that's when my husband and I decided to have a major change <laughs> and move to the United States. So yeah. really big force that led me here. So that's that's huge. Yeah, and twice back and forward from you know yeah. Australia, Europe, and and this for me was too hard. You know, this yeah. was a hard market. I know other people do it, and I tried to do the same, and I realized that this was uh, it seemed like a huge waste of time, effort, and money. Losses. You're just like, no, not doing that again. So yeah, wow. So that was he was incredible. He was highly strong. He had so much talent. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So yes, he's the one that led me here. Okay. So let's just back up for a sec. When you, um, you obviously started writing at a young age. Um, did you always know you, you were, when you grew up, you were going to be a dressage writer or were you going to be a secretary? How did, what was the thinking at the start? <laughs> yeah, all I really knew was that I wanted to ride horses and my what? mom rode dressage. I was a showy. Like my mom encouraged that. I always had nice ponies um, when I was 17, I finished school and went to ride for Vince Corby because that's all I wanted to do. Um, and I rode for him for like two years. And, but going back a little bit, when I was 15, my mom took me to the wagon in Stockholm. And mm. that was for real dressage for the first yeah. time. And it really did change me it, from being a diehard showy to thinking, maybe I might want to do that but really having no idea what i was getting to do right like it all seems very glamorous like oh yeah it seems pretty easy like just do some skipping trot on the spot i remember going oh i could do that in two years i'll be at the olympics that's it yes so um yeah (laughs) all right incredible moment to see that at such a young age too Mm. and be like wow you know, whereas now I, I, I would love to re- have something that would help me relive that because you become so immune to it actually now, you know, with the yeah. internet and, you know, we can just be like bombarded and watch these videos over and over and over. And yeah, the world changed a lot. Absolutely. Okay. So that's ignited this, this curiosity and this interest for you. Um, yes. and, and you said it really changed when you got, um, I'm going to say it wrong, a mouche. Is it not a shay, a mouche? Yes, good. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so that, that met, you said it, um, it, it made me think, okay, I've got this great horse, now I've got to make it happen. So were you scared? Were you, what was your living situation at the time? Were you like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? Was there a decision or was it like, see ya, I'm off? Yeah, it was kind of crazy though because I just got married and I was yes. 25. So an Australian? Yes. No, my husband is American, but he had been living in Australia for like 14 years. And, you know, he was just super supportive, you know, like it was like, I don't think an opportunity comes by like this. And I know I'm still like really young in terms of dressage riding. And, and, uh, I think I want to go train with this Ulla Salzgeber person. And so I just did. Yeah. (laughs) No, but that's, 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 it's, it's not more complicated than that. I want, I do. It's, it's yeah. when we put all the labels and society's expectations and all this other crap over it, it's like, no, it is that simple. Awesome. Yeah. So you're and there. 
now though like i can't even imagine that i did that like that's what being naive is like yeah. a godsend in some way that's a gift yeah. <laughs> I hope we always hang on to that. Absolutely. I like being naive. Okay. So um, you're doing this and you're understanding what an amazing horse you have. Um, and yeah, why don't you then fast forward us to where, because I think a lot of uh, riders that are listening to this understand what it's like to um, ride. He was a hot horse, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. Very Yeah. And I remember watching you going oh how is she even doing that and it seems like it wasn't like so for me I'm like I just hope I get 15 ones you were so far beyond that it was like if I can keep him calm the test is fine but it was that was what you were working on yeah that's right yeah the horse like the dressage part was easy yeah yeah I love it it was the easiest part you know I still don't think I've ever sat on a horse that can do the canter zigzag like this and yeah, he had beautiful counter, beautiful changes in this Piaf and Passage that just wasn't normal. And yeah. you know, from God, he had for sure. Yeah. But yeah, he was very tense, very electric, very reactive, you know. Mm. So then, of course, you could imagine how this has sculpted and changed me where mm. all my are like, do groundwork. They're all desensitized. <laughs> all ah. On the showgrounds with perfect matter. Like, it changed me forever, that voice of, you know, like I will never allow what happened to happen again. You know, like there were so many other ways to handle that, but I just didn't have the knowledge or experience at the time. I'm going to say, at the time, I can't imagine how stressed you must have been and and like you knew what you had, but there was no one that could help or no one that could give you that Uh, guidance. No, it's true. And, uh, but, you know, I think in some ways, like for somebody like me, I had to find my own way on it, you know, mm. and there wasn't like a specific person that I think, you know, oh, maybe if this was my trainer at the time, or maybe if I had this person yeah. helping me, no, I think you have to gather more knowledge and more experience. And that's, and I, hopefully that's what I bring to the horses I have now that can mm. go into a big stadium. And I know they're going to perform for me in front of a couple of thousand people and, you know, and I can go in with total confidence on that. Mm. Yeah. yeah? And yeah. that's because thing for me in my journey. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes perfect sense. And we don't know where your journey's going. And I can just see somewhere in that future, there's going to be that moment where you're just going to like, ah, I totally get all those little things that led us to this yeah. point. Cause I had everything they, I needed. Yeah. They, they do. They do. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, along the way, I my next really the horse that uh, put me back on the international show scene again was Udon, and uh, he was a, a well, he, I still have him. He is a gigantic eighteen hand uh, Dutch like heart harness horse something. <laughs> but with, this horse had like a heart that just mm-hmm. you know like. I never felt a horse like him in the ring. Like he, he was with you so, um, oh, how can I say it? He just read you. You don't, you didn't mm-hmm. even have to say That's it. Like amazing. you wrote less aids when you got into the ring. It was like, that I got, you know, and that was like a really cool experience for me because he was a horse that was actually difficult in the warming up. And, mm. 
really like other horses. He doesn't like uh, if trainers are standing beside the ring or have a whip or if somebody smacked their horse with a whip. But when he and I got alone in the ring together, it's like there wasn't another person there. So, That's amazing. Yeah, so that was a great horse. And that was the one that, you know, we took to, to Europe um, in 2016 after having, you know, he hit the 70 mark in the Grand Prix a couple of times here in, in Wellington. And we thought, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll take him there and, and see how he goes in, in Europe. And yeah. we can make a, a spot on the team. And, hmm. uh, yeah, and that's kind of where it all fell apart again. Do you, do you mind sharing with us? I, 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 we will get to the freaking awesome bits, but for everyone listening, they go through the, the shitty times and the bad times too. And I think we see everyone on the top stage going, I just wish I could be them. They have it always the good and always the fun. It's like everyone oh. has the bad. Yeah. Well, I would say Udon was a very tricky horse to shoe. And... Mm-hmm. You know, he was what, he's a high-low. So he's got one high, foot higher than the other. And okay. in the riding, this never affected him because he could always um, elevate his forehand. And this was, a, you know, he could use his body in such a way that it was never a problem. Wow. But he was kind of towards the end of the shoeing. In the jog, he could go like this, rock side to side, right? And okay. so yeah. they spin me in the jog and I'm like, on my first one and of course everybody's oh my god oh my god and I'm like no 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 I've jogged this horse a million times now and then I take him through I pass him and I compete the next day and I get a good score I think um he was 67 something and and then the next day I ride him in the special and he gets a 69 and I'm third place behind like Andreas and Severo and you know like exciting You know, but then, of course, then all the eyes are on you and saying, okay, what's going on with that horse? Like, why does it do that? What about if they spin you in the jog in Rio? So I was like, okay, I know what's wrong with my horse, but, right, it's not a lameness issue. And I will prove Mm. that to you. I went and spent probably more than 10,000 euros. I did an MRI, body, bone scans. I I did the works on the horse, right? Yeah. There you go. There's the horse. Neck, it must be his neck. Oh, it must be his uh, left hind. It must be his right front. I'm like, nobody could tell me anything, right? I'm like, I know what's going on here. The interesting thing that happened when they uh, have to pull the shoes for the MRI, um, after that, we uh, the next day, we jogged him barefoot, and he looked, like, perfect. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Huh. Isn't that really, really interesting? Like, I'd never have jogged a horse barefoot in the whole five years that I'd had him. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay. Okay, so then we get this barrier that doesn't know my horse because I'm in Europe, right? <laughs> and shoes my horse. And now I have a Pasapino that's trotting oh. like a daisy cutter. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I just done? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just ran out of time. I'm like, no, I, I, I can't, um, you know, ra- you know, he needed at least one more shoeing. And I think he would have been back to himself. But they just got the feet. You know, they tried to change the feet. I'm like, don't change his feet. Like, that's how he mm-hmm. is. You know? Is, yeah. 
done perfectly like this his whole life. You know, he's yeah. 15 years old and now I have him like, I don't know, trotting like a little riding pony. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And in the end, I just uh, ran out of You know, yeah. one more shoeing on there, you know, maybe, you know, one more week later, I think he would have been fine. And when I got yeah. back to Wellington, which, you know, was two weeks later, he was, we, yeah, my, my family got him and away we went again. You know, and he never missed another competition or job the next whole season. So, you know, that, that, these are the things that happen and you live and learn. Yeah, I think next time. I was going to say, so I was going to say, do you go that far? Like sometimes I I hear these stories and these dressage drivers like obsessed about every little bit and you're like, yeah, surely it'll be fine. But the more I'm talking to all these riders and hearing, oh, the dentist or the farrier and it's always this person. Well, I was in Europe or I was somewhere else and I didn't have my person. And you're like, yeah. this is getting more expensive by the day. We're flying yeah. out the arm. Yeah, I, but you know what? Again, I, I say live and learn because uh, yeah. him, I do not have another high-low horse in my barn and will never buy one <laughs> ever again. Mm. It's like you yeah. just, it's not worth it. It's too tricky, you know, to shoe those horses and keep them really, really, you know, perfect for top-level competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's that distinguishing, be- isn't there? Yeah, like under saddle, the horse could compensate for this, no problem, but... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting problem to have. It's so strict. So how did you, did you bounce back quite quickly? Like now we're talking about it, we're in 2020 now. So it's like, oh, well, yeah. it was just one of those things. We live and learn. We're very philo- philosophical about it right now. But were you devastated, thinking of giving up, thinking of quitting? What, what was your, what was running through yeah. your mind? No, I, I'm an optimist. and Love it. Always- Right, it will never change about me, and I always believe things happen for a reason. And actually, while I was that time that I was in Germany, I met some amazing people, and I'd already made um, a decision in my life that I needed better quality horses. And I, mm. I didn't really know how I was going to go about getting better quality horses, but this was. You know, what I realized was getting 67 to 70 was not going to cut it for and, and having basically, other than one or two riders, the rest of us going for a team spot all on the exact same score, being, mm. you know, a point of a percent between that one and that one and that one. I was like, yeah, you know what, the, the thing is, I need to be sitting on one of those horses. Yeah. And yeah. not just a beautifully trained horse, but also one of these super moving horses as well. Mm. So Mm. there I actually met uh, all sorts of people that actually started sending me horses. You know? I love it. And because I was kind of going around riding horses, I was bored. You know, you're there with one horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. going to do? So I start going and riding horses for at the Klosterhof for Burkhard Waller. And I start, and he introduces me to another lady who, who's a breeder in the area. And I start riding some of her young horses. They like the job I did. Oh, we're going to send them to you in Wellington for you to train. Awesome. Yeah. So here I am today. And also I took the difficult ones, right, that had the talent. You are right. <laughs> I love it. And and this wouldn't have happened if so it was because of that time in Germany, because yeah. you were doing those making those decisions that's still paying off today. I love it. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and here I am today, you know, where I started with five or six young, roguish horses that yeah. are becoming nine, 10, 11 year old Grand Prix horses. And you're like, wow, now, now I'm, I have like an arsenal of top horses coming along. Yeah. And I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> but it was my goal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it still is actually like I, I'm still looking always on how to, and, and I want to start with the young ones for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's easier in the long term, you mm-hmm. know, and they have that relationship than buying horses that already uh, have been trained by somebody else. You know, and, yes. and maybe and might have whatever issues. Baggage, yeah. but learn, or the horses have learned to defend themselves against the rider. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of the big things that I'm all about is working out a way to have the horse let you in, you know, mm. that, you know, that they, they trust you. And, you know, so many of these horses have learned to defend themselves. And, and this is difficult, especially in competition, you know, yeah. because horses, they, they, they've been spoiled on like the pirouettes and the PRF and, yeah. you know, they, they, they back the rider off at those moments, like, uh, 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 uh. you know, and, and, and they kind of get their own back in, in the ring and in the test and, and, uh, trying to get a horse to really trust you and be with you in the test. This is, mm. this is, I think, a big challenge um, and something that I think I'm quite good at, and, but I do show a lot. And uh, that is partly because of my location to the showgrounds yeah. <laughs> in Wellington, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disneyland for horse riders. I live eight minutes from the warm-up arena on the big dressage showgrounds here in Wellington. But that's, again, by design. You weren't born there. You've made that happen. I made that happen. And uh, last season, we – and it was cut short, our season, you know, because of Mm -hmm. COVID. But we – my team, we rode 115 tests on the showgrounds. Yeah, I rode 47 tests myself. And when I – Actually, look at my uh, record since I've lived in the United States. I'm 30 rides. I'm 30 tests off of 500. I love it. So everyone who's listening is like, that Kelly Lane, she's just so successful. I don't know how she does it. 500 (laughs) tests later. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we didn't really keep a good record when I lived in Australia. Like, we didn't really keep records like that. And you didn't really have, like, you know, the internet and, and yeah, round from my husband started keeping score from the time I was about 25. And I think I was yeah. already up around 300 and something tests by the time I left the uh, Australia in 2006. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's unpack it because I, I love your idea of um, this concept. Cause I, I do, I think every rider may hopefully have felt this, this concept of, letting the horse in and and the horse opening up to you there's no there's no logic 
it's it's just a feeling isn't it it's not like you can go oh yes that has happened or that hasn't happened it is a feeling and you've said i i'm, I'm with you yes horses can sometimes do better in the ring or um do worse in the ring as you said they get their own back going what are you going to do now you can't carry a whip into a, an international yeah. dressage test so is there any actual strategies or physical or logical things that you do to get that happen or is it all just it's a fear, like you've said, doing a lot of tests and the feeling. Would you ever like abandon a test and go, I have to tell this horse not to back off or just unpack that a bit more? Yeah, no, I, I definitely don't have that fear. Like I don't have that idea at all. And I think yeah. it's um, yeah. opposite idea that when I want to ride with stronger aids, I just tell myself, no, do not correct don't. the horse moment this is not end game here and what i found is if you just try to give the horse a good experience competition by competition they start to let you in more because they don't Mm. bad happen and Mm. um i'm also just a believer in light aids now that doesn't mean that the correction is not uh you know stronger but Mm. i will never go to stronger aids to get something done and I think this pays off, especially like in flying changes. Like you mm. must fighter aid at the big, the first change to the last change of the sequence. And what mm. I see each all day, every day, um, <laughs> the change starts with a nice one. And by the last change, the rider's aids get stronger and stronger. The horse picks up more and more speed and then the mistakes come, you know, and. Have really- you seen me ride changes? Like that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> And, and definitely when you're riding, um, you know, at the highest level, like I'm literally thinking, brush my leg, brush my leg, take the chance it doesn't work. Like, do I want it to work from a strong rate or do I want it to work from that aid? And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? But in my experience, I just say to myself and I say it to my students, believe it. Yeah, yeah. Believe it, yeah, believe, believe it. it. And the and less is more, seems the like you. Then when you start pushing harder and making more pressure, mm. they don't understand this. And, and this is more about the person and not really mm. about. Yeah. Like don't write. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So was this something cultivated? Um, because it's obviously a lot of patience and a lot of discipline. Um, yeah. Two things that are not genetically programmed into me I have to learn them were you gifted with like you're you're just like this naturally or I love it so it can be trapped and be learned yes I have everything I I think that I had a natural ability I'm naturally very good balance I'm gonna say that yeah for myself a very good balance (laughs) Uh, you get that one (laughs) get out of my horse's way yeah, I, I don't really need to be super connected to the horse. <laughs> I can be pretty much myself. He can be himself. And I can apply my eyes quite independently. And yeah. I think it's definitely a skill that I've developed over time. But the psychology is all learned. Yes, you know? yep. Yeah. Who was your biggest mentor on that discipline and patience piece? Uh, lots of people. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't even name them all, but most recently, Stefan Peters, um, yeah, somebody who is a true believer in the light aids 
and doing mm. that. And yes, the correction can be more swift and quick and and uh, really more of an attention getter. Like pay attention yeah. to my way. And you know, he really is somebody that makes you a believer. But I, I have to say, the horses make you in, into a believer. Yeah, and I have. You like, go like this definitely won't work, and it does. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, like Udon, when I put riders on him, like my the girls that work for me, and I put them on him, and it's like, there, that horse will turn you into a believer. One mm. hundred. That that you just literally move your leg for the ones. You do not need to push or press, or there's no tricks to it. It's just sit beautifully. Nice your leg and and for the pirouettes it's just sit up turn your head and the horse is going to pirouette you know you do not need to be pushing with your outside leg and pushing on you know like all the common mistakes seven <laughs> combination of aids it's yeah. just that simple like no i don't even have my outside leg on in a pirouette yeah no <laughs> don't i love that. and to yeah. me it's a lot to do about trust as you said be a believer trust that yes. you that you've got this yeah so and is that what the competitions are about as well building that trust bank building that experience yeah, yeah. absolutely and and learning from them every single time yeah. Uh, yeah whether they be young ones or like i'm showing at every level um yeah. like last last weekend i rode from medium level through to grand prix and i debuted a couple of horses in into two you know like so i'm you know, riding all sorts of horses, but yeah, you definitely, um, yeah. For instance, one of my clients let me ride his horse in the into two, and yeah, so that I could understand what was going on in the test, right? Because I he felt like you're riding with the handbrake on. Why are you riding him with the handbrake on? I rode the horse in the test. This is not the horse that we ride in every day. And in the warm up, the horse gets in the test and turns into a freight train. And I was unaware of that until I wrote it myself in the test. And I was like, okay, this is really, really, now I know why you're riding him in second gear, you know, mm. because he's different in the test. Mm. So mm. Uh, that was really interesting for me. And, and I think, um, you know, and it helped, gave, gave me very good feedback that I could then help the training yeah, towards mm. our next positions. Yeah, and what a gift that you as a trainer is not just do this or don't do this and good luck with it. You get on and, and not even at home. You're like, yeah, yeah, well, I'll just take it to a cup. You're, you're amazing. That's great. Yes, that's what we what we do. And, and we have like a competition stable, so we're very focused mm. on it. And, yeah. and all of us love it. So uh, we have... And I have like adult amateurs, young riders, and uh, young professionals in our barn. And the nice thing is, everybody does support each other. It's not That's all roses out there. Yeah, they're no. hard, hard rides. And mm. I am also a true believer that the hard rides is when you learn the most. Absolutely. And you've got to enjoy the process. You've got to enjoy feeling mm. it back, and you've got to enjoy that. Yeah, that was a hard ride. I, I hope we got to the bottom of this. I don't know if we have. And, and it's so difficult when they plateau for several weeks or longer. <laughs> yeah. Months. You think, nope, 
we've just got to stick stick to our guns here. And when they get out the other side, I think there's nothing more rewarding. No, no. And it's well, such a gift that, you know, well, people focus on the training or on the competition and you focus, you're melding both. It's so cool. Yes, yes. But, you know, I think that's what makes the sport so rewarding is because it is so difficult. And it's yeah. not that it's physically difficult. Like, that's the other thing. It's more, you know, keeping it straight in your head. What is your goal? What are you trying to achieve here? Setting your horse up for success, not setting it up for failure. I see this all the time, you know, that people are just reacting to their horses and never being proactive. And I'm all about proactive training. You know, Love if it. I you have to react to the fact that it's got yeah. all the and the hole got too low. This is too late. And mm. yes, resort to stronger aids at this point because mm. you already missed five opportunities before that. It's like every corner, don't miss an opportunity to rebalance your horse. You know, whatever that might mean for that horse. Like I've got horses that are strong. I have to take them deep in the corners to try to make them woo a bit. <laughs> you know, and yeah. then you've got, you need to engage them in the corner. So it's what your horse needs. There's not like one rule of thumb of what yeah, you do. Cookie cutter. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's way more dynamic than that. And yeah, that's a lot of our training is focused on trying to be several strides ahead of the horse. And and so many of these horses, they're so predictable what they do that it shouldn't be difficult, right? Yeah. Yet, like you pass that spot seven times, it's done the same thing seven times. We're, we're smart. We can figure this out. Yes, we can. And, and they do. You know, the tricky ones is the ones that invent new things. Mm. Every time you fix it, here's the new bit. Yeah, you know, and I definitely have a couple of those that you know like <laughs> challenged me like really challenged me because just when you think you you figured it out they invent a new thing and you're like oh where did that come from oh and then oh now there's something different and okay yeah wow like -moles, isn't it every time you whack one down something else pops up <laughs> yeah yeah and it just you know think that breaking it down, explaining it to the horse again. Like, this is mm. never the time. And mm. I have horses, like, it gets really hot here in the summer. And mm. it would spend a lot of time walking. But we mm. always, not one step is wasted. Like, mm. I will spend 40 minutes to one hour just in walk. And yeah, I will be making as much use out of that time as you can. I've rehabbed horses. I do it myself, you know, like, and I will spend 40 minutes walking that horse on a contact. And yeah. I tell you, you can fix the contact in the walk. And after yeah. two months of walking, when that thing trots on, it's beautiful. Yeah. Never waste that time. Oh, the horse is in layup. We don't get off them for one day. You know, mm. they're, they're tacked walk no matter what and uh, they're allowed to work at a walk <laughs> yeah yeah so tell me about your day with your team with how many horses are going on what's a normal day yeah we probably start uh 7 30 something like this 
Uh, I'm very lucky. I have four grooms, <laughs> and I have an assistant that helps me. Um, I tend to ride a couple of my own horses in the morning, and then I start teaching around like nine, and I teach through to lunchtime, which is normally about a twenty-minute break. <laughs> yeah, it's not a two-hour lunch. <laughs> And then in the afternoons is where it's a little bit more relaxed in the afternoons where I will do a few more lessons and then ride a few more of my own horses. And at the moment we have 14 horses in training and then I do do a couple of outside lessons every now and then, but it's a big day. Um, I don't train my horses more than about four days a week and I Mm -hmm. stagger that so it makes sense. And Mm -hmm. You know, they probably only do two days in a row a day off. Um, mm-hmm. Three days in a row a day off, depending on the horse. And, mm-hmm. you know, I never am riding like five days. And when I say a day off, we're on the horse. You know, mm-hmm. it's walking out, out around the track uh, or it mm-hmm. might be just trotting and cantering around. We've got a big racetrack, three quarters of a mile. And I'll, especially the young ones, they go trotting and cantering out there. And, mm. and, and we go, we'll go in groups. You should look on my YouTube. It's really fun. We will take yeah. uh, three horses and we will canter them and trot them together. And mm-hmm. it's really a great way to um, get, like, especially horses that are maybe a bit nervous with other horses. We like to do that in groups, get them really used to it. Um, mm-hmm. We also will do, like, in a group and then one will peel off and go off on your own. Well, you can imagine the hell that this can <laughs> cause. <laughs> You have a horse, but my friends are going that way, and you want me to go this way. Yeah, well, if you don't trust me, then and it does. Yeah, it's a part, part of that. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and so I think a lot of that work is done mm. not actually in the arena so much. It's more creative mm. outside. Yep. We also, my husband likes to fly a drone and buzz the drone around our heads while we're trotting and cantering out on the track, and we have some cool video of that and. It's kind of scary, you know, like it's making a buzzing sound and he'll come quite close to the horses and quite fast and, you know, you've got to be able to keep them with you, keep them on the line, keep them connected to you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, when my horses go on the showgrounds now, they're pretty, they're pretty broken in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I love it. And are you doing all of that? Like would you ride six days a week or do you have like, a certain amount of days you're there and then days where you will not see a horse no no (laughs) it's pretty much seven days a week and (gasps) Sundays I try to take an easy day if we're not showing um and and in the show season where we have 12 weeks of showing yes January through March and I do which day of the week it is and I don't take a single day off between Mm. Pretty much December and uh, April, I don't take a single day off. No, Do and you then, have April off? <laughs> no, <laughs> or May, whenever that no, stops? No, I might take a day off here and there. And, and, and then I just do what I love, which is making videos. And yeah. I, I love, um, so I always need somebody filming me so I have videos to edit on my iPad because I love doing this. I probably Aww. have... Not that they're all uploaded, but I probably have around 600 uploaded on YouTube. They're not all yeah. public. I, this is something I really enjoy doing as a yeah, part of okay. re, Like it relaxes me actually. Yeah. And it's like I'll you're do, coloring like, in. 
I'll do it the week before a competition too, though. Like we'll film quite a lot and I will sit there and I will edit the video down to my best bits. Yeah. Right? And I'll highlights video for myself to watch over and over. Yeah. You that focusing on the, the difficult things makes no sense leading up to a competition. Yeah. You know? It's all about, you're so about building that confidence. Yeah. Like focus on your good things, focus on mm. the things you do well, never neglect those points. You know, that's something yeah. that, and I've done that in my past where I, you know, got become so focused on, oh, I have to get this pyramid, I have to get these changes to work or mm. something like this and, and neglected the entry or, or neglected yeah. all as a super extended trot or, you know, mm. oh, maybe you should do some of the things that you do well and make sure you do them well on the day. Yeah, yeah that's so right. Hyper focusing on the thing that you or the horse flying hard at that moment in time. And yeah, I think that's, that's my psychology anyway, about like how I prepare myself and I do, I love watching my videos. Like I'm obsessed. So as part of this, you said, you know, you use the word believe and part of this trust process, have you found by doing that, that the bad stuff takes care of itself because the focus is off it? Have you ever had that? Yes. I think sometimes it has happened for sure. Like, um, but I'm able to like let that go. Like, okay, yeah. a lot of test writing is is about mathematics, right? <laughs> like, I yeah. can pretty much know what score I can get at that yeah. point on that horse, and I yeah. what are the what are the weaknesses? Yeah, like mm. I'm pretty close most of the time on on, on what the judges give me, and yeah. yeah, I think yeah, definitely you have to yeah leave a little bit that it will work out and it may yeah. not work out today, you know, like no. I've had horses that the day after the competition, ha- Oh, suddenly now we can do 15 ones, but why could we go seven and miss two and do seven more? And now mm. two days later I have 15. Okay. Mm. Don't stress yeah. about it. Yeah. Just rock with it. Absolutely. That's like, yeah. So now I have um, a really nice horse. So I have a yes. Tell me about your your 2021 goals. Fingers crossed, it happens. Are we going to be there? Person ever that we have extra time <laughs> because I think I have a horse that is a combination of the talent of Amisher, but also with a super good brain and. And he just started his Grand Prix career. He just turned 11. And I yeah. did a few internationals with him by the last CDI in, uh, in March. We did a 69 in the Grand Prix special. Um, the horse can get nines. It can get many eight fives. Wow. Yeah, he is pretty fancy. Uh, called mm-hmm. Sanhedas. And it's a Sir Donahal, so they're tricky. And <laughs> love the tricky. That's all right. <laughs> but I've clicked with him um, wow. because he is sensitive. You know, I think mm. he's he's one of those horses that acts a little bit behind the leg. You know, and you think, oh, he's a bit dull. But then if you uh, wake it up too much, it's really exciting. You know, like there's kind of no in between. <laughs> it's like no gray area. <laughs> now it's on fire. You better know what to do with it. 
Yeah. Ah. So, and he's a really, really cool horse, actually. So I'm very happy to have the ride on him. And I've loved him. I've known about him for years. I've tried to buy him over and over and tried to, every time people came to Wellington to buy horses, I'm like, that one and keep it with me. And I want this one. <laughs> and it never really happened. And then two years later, the horse is still for sale. And I do have somebody to buy him. And it's like, it worked out. I don't even know how the stars aligned on that situation. You know, and they so that's off. So good. you can keep him and finish him off to the Grand Prix and, uh, and, and see if, where you can take him. And, yeah. Yeah. Again, and was this one of the German ones six years ago with the 2016? No, it's actually not. This one okay. just kind of, okay. I don't know where. <laughs> and it would have just done a great full circle of the, the that's all right we'll pretend that had a beautiful but this is another one um yeah okay super yeah yeah so yeah. and so have you ridden him as a young horse or is he like small tour yes, and I, then you got I've known him since he was six so I've known okay. his journey a little bit and uh and his trainer was a friend of mine so we're right. You know, and I loved this horse always. It, it went to the World Championship of the United States in the young horses. And, yes. But then he never really did anything after that. You know, they trained him up a bit and, you know, and then he was kind of for sale, for sale, for sale, and mm. there was a really high price on him. And then mm. eventually I was able to get him. So... Yeah, congratulations. I'm super excited for you. And yeah. um, you mentioned this arsenal. So if something happens, um, what else have we got? Have we got backup and a second backup and a third backup? I, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. But, but it's 24, so, maybe. Yeah, it, uh, yes. And I definitely have one that I one or two that I think will be the Paris horse. <laughs> you know, yeah, love it. You know, I have an eight-year-old doing uh, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old doing into two, and I think yeah, two really, really special. And um, one is huge. Well, they're both huge. I don't even know why I end up with these huge horses. You love it. <laughs> and I'm little. Like I'm not. I'm five seven. <laughs> and because you know, you're an optimist. <laughs> yeah, and I, I weigh like 115 pounds, which I think is 53 kilos, you know, like yeah. I don't weigh much and and I do eat a lot of food, believe it or not. Like I <laughs> eat I eat lots of protein, which I yeah. know people are interested to hear things like that, but I don't eat a lot, yeah. of, carbs, a lot of protein. Um, I do try to be as super healthy lots of vegetables you do gym running or just riding all those horses and being yeah exactly yeah. seven days doing that would definitely be enough i think like i'm not the trainer that like sits down i'm not i i'm not one of these people i find it so difficult i'm standing i'm walking i'm standing yeah like, into it. i want to be in it um i when i have to sit still i find it hard i've learned to sit still but um yeah, I'm I'm out there. I want to be a part of it, and uh, I so I, I I'm walking in top boots all day long. <laughs> you know, from seven thirty in the morning till five thirty in the afternoon. That's a leg workout right there. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> work as well. I do a lot of hand work, ground work with horses. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just riding. 
that yeah. keeps fit. And uh, you know, I I'm a big believer in the groundwork, big believer in teaching my horses pee up in hand, and mm. long I do the long reining, and you know, helping the horses get a better mouth, get a better top line, get more supple, get more through. Um, you know, if you can achieve as much as you can off their backs, I think it does make the job easier when you get on. absolutely and 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 you're such a good horsewoman like these are skills that you know you're not a good dressage rider you're a great horsewoman which i think as you said that that pays off in an olympic atmosphere when the chips are down and 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 the you know something's gone wrong and you just need that extra bit of the horse going i've got you and and i'm gonna fight for you and that's done 10 years before yeah when i so when I was younger, I was like a believer in dressage and that the correct way, you know, the dressage will prevail and the, and you can solve all the problems through dressage. Actually, yeah. you can't. You really wow. can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have why. all these actions. Yep. Yeah, you do. And, uh, you know, all my horses get led in rope halters. They, they all know <laughs> the rope halter. They all have very good ground manners. If I walk forward, they'll walk forward. If I stop, they stop. Yeah. If I step back, they're going to step back. Like I want this relationship with my horses as well, you know, mm. on the ground. I'm not going to get on a horse that has no respect for me on the ground. Mm. You know, I don't mm. knock it onto the horse that won't stand at the mounting block. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. No, this is huge. And for everyone that's like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a Grand Prix dressage rider. And, and it's like, well, you can start. You can start doing some groundwork. Like wherever you're at in your riding journey, these are the bits you can also start with, yeah. isn't it? I Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big part of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have a seven-year-old, six-year-old mare um, that she was three and she knocked her hip down. So she didn't get finished broken in. So I get her mm. as a and you can't get on and you cannot get off safely. Like getting off was scarier than getting on. Oh, and for training like this and you're like, hmm, <laughs> you know. A little bit okay, but. <laughs> she had to get sacked out with the flag, you know, every day and, mm. and we get on and off and on and off. And I didn't even start training it in any type of dressage until she understood all the groundwork and then it was like I got on and it was like she was already trained a year and I'd spent mm. like maybe four to six weeks on all of that yeah and then it's like you couldn't go over a pole on the ground and jump six foot in the air mm. <laughs> that's gonna no, be that's a really good one <laughs> yeah I yeah. love it awesome yeah. all right so what's your fate we talked a little bit about Rio and, and all this other stuff. Tell me some good stuff. What is your favorite competition memory that you have? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I do, I'm a little bit of a performer. <laughs> so I love doing the freestyles. And yes. yeah, I definitely, um, this is something that I do put a lot of time and effort into. And I think that there's something about writing a freestyle that you've designed yourself with your horse and performing that in front of a lot of people. And like, I think that is something, and I maybe you've heard of dressage at Devon, but this is unfortunately yeah. going ahead this year, but this was a stadium to go into 
and write your freestyle there in front of everybody. That was just wonderful. And I did that for a few years. We would go up to Devon and, and ride the competition up there. And, you know, to get that bigger atmosphere feel. And, uh, like, because even when we went to Europe, unless you go to the really big shows, most of the shows are yeah. really small. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, like, even when we showed in Odenza, there was, like, nothing there. It was, like, in a park. And there yeah. was no watching, you know? <laughs> It's um, not cool. <laughs> no. So, and okay, and if I wanted to look back even further than that, um, for sure, winning the Sydney CDI with uh, Amateur, winning the Grand Prix, yeah. and kind of being like really an underdog, like somebody yeah. that nobody would have expected would win that, actually. Mm. But I mean, my horse was really good that day. And it was so funny because when I was coming back, and into the barn and somebody said to me oh who, who won the grand prix and i went oh i did and oh, no seriously he won or was it uh Rachel? oh <laughs> yeah that was music in america <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> but yeah that was a great memory because um you know uh that horse had had a lot of ups and downs and, and that was really a big up moment. So, yeah. You know, and he yeah. got like really high scores that day and three five-star judges and they all had me with the highest scores. We thought, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> this was fun. This is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you have any advice for riders that are starting out in their dressage journey? Um, what what should they be focusing on, thinking about, working on? Yeah, I, I think this takes a lot longer than anybody ever <laughs> thinks it's going to take. Right? A so lot. Sorry. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that you're going slow. It's no. just that you might have to take two steps back to go one step forward again and that mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with that and yeah, understand yeah. when you reach a um a roadblock understanding why breaking it apart and that's the you're never going to bulldoze through that point <laughs> you can try mm-hmm. you might cause other problems i hate trading one problem for another that's mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to have, uh, you know, like I'm going to bulldoze all through this problem, but then end up that it is, you know, now has a problem with something else. You know, it's like, no, definitely going to uh, take, peel the onion back again and and I'll rebuild it from the ground up again. I'll start with my walk trot transitions and my trot transitions. And it's not how big a reaction it's was it an appropriate reaction for an appropriate aid? You know, the, mm. if I gave small aid, did I, I'm happy with a small reaction from the horse. Um, mm. I'm, I, I want like this, the quickness of the reaction, like not how big a reaction, but the, the speed in which the horse responded to my aid. Like that to me mm. is the more important piece that I try to stay focused on. I don't need it exploding in the air. Right. I, yeah. You know, I need a quick reaction from it. Um, 99% yep. of the time you don't get a quick reaction because the rider is in the horse's way. Right? It can't. Mm. Yeah, always mm. think, like, 
are you saying yes and no at the same time? And I know you talk about that a lot. And mm. you know, it is a really common problem, but you have to go back, you have to pull it apart and make sure. Mm. Like leg yield your horse, do turn on the forehand. Does your horse rein back? Can you turn it left and right in a rein back? Can you walk straight forward again? Can you walk straight at the mirror and halt and walk straight on again? These things mm. don't seem important, but I think they're really, really important. You know, riding your, true. you know, not whipping your horses around corners. Oh, mm. ride a circle in that corner until it feels right. Don't turn on the diagonal until your horse is square with the long side and then mm. turn it off to the diagonal. You see so many people just whipping the corner. It's like come through your corner when your horse is parallel with the long side. Now you can take him onto the diagonal and you will have a straight horse instead of mm. people taking their horses around the corner and then they're on the diagonal when they straighten them up. Yeah, no, that's not necessary. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Thank you. Like, and that distinction, I just want to repeat it because it was so yeah. clear. Um, it's not the bigness of the reaction, it's the speed of the reaction that is gold right there yes, yes sorry yes no absolutely and, and I learned a lot of that from uh, you know like not what you do but how you do it from Udo mm. Langer uh, also was a major influence on me and I have to mention him and he is a genius on a horse like 73 years old would get on my horses and ride them and I would just think wow I still have a really long way to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can get those, you know, I mean, he could just ride a flying change that just covered so much ground and it was so accurate and so straight and I, I'm like, and his legs were two holes shorter than mine in, in the stirrups and, and uh, I mean, that guy's trained 2,000 horses to Grand Prix and, and he was so, such a stickler on these little details, like how you took the mm. corner, how you straightened mm. your up. Um, mm. Oh, you know, the, the reaction to the aids. Yeah. It was like he, he and, and being quicker, you know, just myself, my, my reaction time quicker to get the horse quicker and yeah. uh, not being stronger, not ever resorting to stronger. He was, you know, he crucified you, you know, like not necessary, never necessary. You know, the hands are up or down. They're never back. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you you ride onto the bit. When you put your hand down, the horse contact. You come up again, the horse is up. You ride him onto the hand again. You know, like mm. it was just very, very simple. You know, yeah. but I would say most people is riding with the handbrakes on. I, I, mm. I'm guilty of myself, you know, like especially when you have a hot one that's going. Yep. <laughs> Are you I can only imagine. Riding forward. Back instead of riding going forward oh and the relaxation creates in your horse by going with it and not against it yeah that's it's uh, huge it's yeah. so huge <laughs> <laughs> so much huge is it we probably I'm still don't i'm still excited about it every day like i teach this all day every day and i'm actually have started recording myself <laughs> because a lot yeah. of people Need to record your lessons and and always inventing new ways to explain the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So because you never know what's going to click with that person. No. And no. For me, that's really important. And and I I, I think I, I'm 
it becomes clearer to me as well by having to verbalize, having to yeah. teach, uh, as well as not just doing it myself and having some little thing that's peculiar to my, my own riding, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's really solid that you can teach mm-hmm. to another person. And, and I, you know, I love it when I put like my assistant on and I can tell her exactly how to ride my horse. Yeah. yeah and we do yeah. to, to make sure it really is that good. You know, if I yeah. said, I don't like this on, on my horses and, and, and it works beautifully. And you know, you should see the smile <laughs> from me. Like, yes. yes, then I know it's good. Yeah. You know, not making it too complicated. Yes. Oh, that is the piece, isn't it? It is simple. Um, yeah. I did not know what I, what I did. Like I, mm. I kind of knew what I, I, I had a sense of what I was doing, but could I actually explain what I was doing? No way. Yeah. I think I do this and that, <laughs> but you know, now <laughs> it's very, very clear, you know, yeah. it's clear and deliberate and, and, and it works. <laughs> I think yeah, absolutely. So do you have any sponsors that help you that you would love to shout out and mention right now? Oh, yes. Um, uh, my big, big sponsor is N2 Saddles, which maybe you guys have never heard of over there. Um, <laughs> and they've, I've been with that company now like five years. And I would say, I would say about five years ago, I felt myself starting to break a little bit. When oh, I wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my hips started getting sore. Um, and I realized I needed, you know, when you ride that many horses a day and I was mm. riding all different saddles, you know, right? mm. I, I was one of those people when I was younger. I was like, I don't care what this is. As long as the saddle fits the horse. Yeah. I don't care. I can make it work. Yeah. Now I'm a bit older. It's like, no, now I, and these saddles, since I've been riding in them, no hip pain, no back. Wow. Like, no, back my shoulders everything is better um my horses feel fantastic and um so yes yeah, called n2 saddlery look them up i've sent a couple over to australia and yeah. if, you, if you like the custom saddles you'll love n2 <laughs> well i'm looking for a new saddle so i will definitely check that out and reach out if i need some help three different styles they have uh they have a few different styles but i have three different styles that and and because your horses change a lot and Absolutely. changing the saddles on the horses. And, uh, but yeah, they're my, my main sponsors. They're fantastic. Um, I was one of the first people that was with the company when they still were just like demoing saddles. And I That's said, so can cool. you 16.5? And no other saddle company would make me a 16.5. And it's that like a 17, after it was broken in, became a 17.5. Mm. You know, I basically became an 18 and I'm little. So <laughs> yeah. my 65 was a little snug, but once it broke in, it was perfect. So yeah, when you see me, I'm in a 165 out there, but it looks perfect. I think for me and my horse. Um, yeah. yeah. And I said, well, if you can make me a 65 and you can change the knee rolls to be a little bit more like this or that. And, and they did. So like, oh, yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> and yeah, uh, great. A great company. Look them up. Uh, line light saddlery over here and uh, Graham's yep. from Graham's from England and um, been saddle fitting his entire life 
Um, and they used to live in California, and now I'm so happy they've moved to Wellington. So now I have them to oh, cool. fix the saddle fits all the time. Um, yes. My other company that I have to give uh, is the boot company Parlante, which is really famous in the jumping world. And okay. um, how they got me out of Koenigs, I will never know because okay. I rode in that my entire life. I tried yeah. them for never liked them. My show boots were the really expensive Kemkins, and they gave me a pair of these Prolantes. They're custom made. They made me a pair. I'm like, I won't like these. They've got this, like, jumping grip on the inside. Like, it's really on the inside, but it's this grippy thing that all the jumpers love. And and they made me these boots, and I'm like, after, like, one ride, I was going, oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. and they're light. They're not heavy. <laughs> For you're walking around the whole day. <laughs> around, like they're like really light on my legs, and and cool. So I, I I absolutely love my Parlante boots, and you can look them up, but I don't think you can get them in Australia. I, I don't. I was going to say, and do they have colours? Oh my god, everything. Yes. Oh, that's all you need. I'm a crazy color person. Yes. I black, blue, brown, red. Red is like my in thing right now is I love red boots. So everything, I even wear it with pink and everyone thinks it looks great. (laughs) Um, I think that's why the company like me as well, because I'm not boring on it. They're like, Yeah, 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 you need fancy. Like, that's the only way people are going to stop you and say, what boots are those, Kelly? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yes, I'm not afraid of wearing well, – I have a pretty nice lower leg position. So, yeah, I can get away. I can get away with it. <laughs> um, and then I am sponsored by an Australian company uh, called Dr. Show. And maybe yeah. you know Dr. Show, and they send their wonderful products over here. Um, they're starting up a United States company right now. Um, with COVID, it kind of slowed down. We've been working on it for a couple of years, trying to get them up and running over here. But great company, great products, um, no chemicals, um, all the essential oils from Australia, native. Yeah. I mean, yes. And people like asking, like, how come your horse's tails are so good? How come your horse's coats are so good? Okay, we do brush them a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of brushing that goes on, everybody, right? You need to <laughs> yes, brush yes. Um, But it definitely helps. It definitely helps. You know, we use the Outdoor Protect and Shine on their coats. And in yeah. Florida, a lot of problem with fungus. And yeah. Really difficult with the humidity. You know, we don't mm. get such temperatures here, but we get humid, like Singapore Ooh. humid. Oh, yeah. Ooh. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, and I will say that they act as a great barrier for the fungus. You know, we put it on the legs before we put the horses out in the paddocks. And, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it's sandy soil here. So a lot of things live in that. And yeah, <laughs> not that nice. No. In Australia, I think they call like, they get really bad greasy heel here. Yeah. 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 So, which I've dealt with my whole life living in Queensland, of course. Like, yes, it's not that much. That's how you can handle Florida if you would Queensland. That, that is, you know, because people say, oh, how do you live there year round? And I've lived here 10 years year round. And 
Mm. It does get harder as you get older. Uh, I'm lucky we have this amazing facility that really is set up for uh, summer. And I, like we have yeah. 300 stalls where I am, mm. like on a 50 acre property. We have, yeah. I rent uh, 18 stalls there. And yeah. covered a big covered arena, four dressage rings, jumping rings, pony hunter jumper rings, um, the track. It. Like we, it's really a, a great setup. Um, I love the yeah. space. I need space. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, for yeah. training. Um, you know, we've got a really big lunging area where you can lunge like four horses with a big high fence, and wow. yeah, where we do all that in hand work and yeah, like some of the wild ones where we need a high fence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all arenas here. It's all covered arenas and low mm-hmm. fences. You better know how to steer. Like your horses, and when horses come over from Germany, I'm shocked that they don't steer. When yeah. they've been going in a, you know, four walls in an indoor arena, and then you get here, and it's like, whoa, they don't steer, they don't turn without a rail. <laughs> they don't know what an outside rain is. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, so, yes, we... Uh, that's yeah, this fabulous facility where I am that we can walk to the showgrounds. So yeah, yeah horses it's pack safely across the mm. street. You know, mm. like mm. that's like a, a challenge in itself. It's it's the biggest challenge. I'm like that compared to fifteen ones. <laughs> yeah, like get across the street, and not that I. I mean, my grooms will lead us across. You know, I don't want to end yeah. up in a something you know <laughs> I've always <laughs> a few times <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure oh wow okay any other sponsors we need to mention I think that's all they're my main three yeah they're, uh, I, I, I kind of keep it small so that I can do a good job too you know like yeah uh, yes of course there's a lot of products that I love and endorse and I could go on for hours about what bridles yeah. I love what you know but yes Perfect. Okay. And you mentioned you've got all these videos on YouTube. So um, if you want to mention your social media channels, we'll also put it in the show notes, but just for the people that are listening. Yes. Just Kelly Lane. I think it's just Kelly Lane. And so Instagram. And I'm doing Instagram. I'm trying to do Instagram. I'm kind of slow on Facebook right now. That's all right. Um, I I kind of go through phases on Facebook, but I love Instagram. I'm trying to do a good job, uh, at least posting once or twice a week. I don't do your story, right? I don't do anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. You're not on TikTok. Can't even figure out TikTok. No, I'm not doing it to be like an influencer or something like this. It's just if, if people want to know who I am and they want to follow me, great, you know? Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you would like to say as your parting words? Mm, I can't think of anything. I think we can't <laughs> everything. We have done heaps. And I think so much inspiration is going to come from your story and from your lows and your amazing highs and um, for your ultimate, like, I love your discipline. I love your philosophy and I love, um, yeah, I'm so excited for 21 and 24. Thank you. We should do this again. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you.
Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want more information, including the transcription, head over to yourwritingsuccess.com backslash podcast. There you'll find all our other podcasts, lots of cool manuals there for you, lots of cool other transcriptions, heaps of free resources there for you. Just go to yourwritingsuccess.com backslash podcast to get that all and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode.